You look just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since first grade, now dads reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm J.B. Wagner. And I'm Eddie Ferguson. And on today's episode, we venture out of the Shadowlands and into the Pride Lands to learn about the circle of life as we review The Lion King. But first, JB, how are you? How, how are the how's the fam? We are good now. Now. <laughs> Let's just say that recently was not a good. Basically the moment after we recorded our last episode. Yes. Which we batched a few of them in a row cuz um someone was going to be out of town for a little bit. Yeah. And you talked about snow. And you talk about ice. Prophetic. You were, you were completely prophetic in the worst way possible. Well, to my, uh, to uh, my, yeah. Let's not give myself too much credit. I wasn't prophetic. I had just looked at weather reports, (laughs) and you hadn't. You called it that. (laughs) You got everything. We got the worst of every. We had the exact. Basically, go back and listen to episode twenty-four of our podcast. And you will get a play-by-play of what happened before it happened because there was the wintry mix that you so eloquently talked about in Nashville because I talked about how I hated the snow and you're like, well, it's worse than Nashville because you get the wintry mix there. Got yeah. the wintry mix. Then we got the snow on top of it. We, I, was, I went to I actually forced my way into work three times that week. Uh, and only one time did I regret actually going in because on the way home, it got really bad. It was ice. It was sleet. It was all of the bad things that happened. And in fact, it got so bad that um, I just recently found out that I think the guard under my car because of scraping the ice was ripped off and and, and was taken away. I just found that out because there was something making a weird noise. Had my friend pop it up on uh, at his house. And he was like, you know, the guards completely gripped off of this, right? It was so bad. It was so annoying. I hate it. I thought I had gotten rid of this back in 2011 when I left for California and it followed me to Nashville. But there was a silver lining because my kids loved it. They loved every second of the snow. They loved being out in it. Uh, Is we, this the first time they've really ever experienced like a ton of snow? Yes, yes, a really good snow because we've had other little light drifting, like sure. uh, drizzlings, little pep, little uh, powdered sugar on on stuff. <laughs> but, I love this hand motion of. <laughs> uh, so yes, no, this was their first real. I mean, especially for my daughter, but for my son, uh, was great. And the way that we we didn't have any gloves for them. So my wife's ingenious plan uh, was to take my socks mm-hmm. and just put it on their hand. Mm-hmm. So they're outside wearing my socks and they're using it as little mittens to grab snow and to play around. And no, they had a ball, Eddie, but 
Uh, had she had had she experienced a massive snowstorm like this? Uh, my wife, no. Yeah, my wife had not. In- she had she had gone up to Big Bear, living in California. She had gone up to Big Bear, but this after was a the ton. Snow happened. No, this was a this ton was, of snow. Yeah, no. no and no, she did no, not. No. She she willingly opted to not drive the whole time that we were out mm-hmm. there, or that we were experiencing it. But no, it was it was too much for me, Eddie. I was. Not in a good mood most of that week. Uh, yeah. And now it's all gone. And it was 70 degrees uh, yesterday. So it's all gone. There we go. Oh, my. How? And you have family down in Texas, as yes, they, they hit say. my parents hard down in Austin, yeah. hit my family um, up in Dallas as well. Uh, a few of my family members had no power for a little bit, but luckily, everyone, any people who had it hit the worst, um, had fireplaces in their in their buildings so yeah it worked it worked out okay but it was definitely crazy i i knew it was bad because when it's usually just like a little bit i get the best um you know jokes from your dad about how (laughs) texans don't know snow he he'll usually send me some memes or comparisons and this time this time i got nothing so it was intense oh it's it's got to be serious he's there's no jokes coming so it it was no joke down there but luckily it is all gone hopefully fingers crossed whatever i have to do to hail mary's i don't know whatever that we will not be having any more of that this year and hopefully not for the next (laughs) 10 years that'd be great We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. The entire country was below 30. That's insane. Only southern parts of Florida did not. So, yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty, that was a pretty, pretty crazy, pretty crazy storm. But you know, this is luck- crazy. It's this movie that we're going to be reviewing today. It's a goodie. It's a classic. I thought you were going to say, you know, what else is crazy is that there's really no big news to talk about that's what kind of why we're having to pivot because we haven't had we kind of given you everything and other than just what did we think about the latest wandavision episode but yeah and we're, and we're not gonna do that to you. we do have uh we do have raya coming out this uh this this weekend in that theaters true. actually Our, we do have that in th- in theaters, or you can get it on Premier Access. You can pay less to go see it in a theater, in a company right. theater designed for the full grand experience, or you can pay extra, probably on- two or three times as much money to have it in your home where your kids are running around and screaming and pulling on you and is. <laughs> well, the we least know what desirable. JB's choosing. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go by myself to the theater. I am that guy. <laughs> I'm that yes, guy. but if you get it on Premier Access, you you get like unlimited watches of it until it comes out for free. So, and then you get unlimited. You watches. can go. I, I I I'm looking at matinee prices right now. Earlier today, it was seven ninety nine in my area to go see it. You can literally go see it almost four times in theaters. Oh, yeah. Like I said, with the perfect, it's like thirty bucks. Experience. Right, it's thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah. You can see it three almost four times before like well, if you if you're watching it that many times yeah and you know i'm just being facetious and the devil's advocate here because i'm gonna go just see it in theaters we i'm are not gonna, going to we're both gonna go see it not gonna mess with it i'm gonna go to the uh the the local theater here with their big digital you know adobe atmos theater like mm get my giant bucket of popcorn, 
get my soda. Is this the, is this the first movie worth going to see in theaters since Tenet? I believe it is since September. The only movie we have seen in theaters since Tenet was Wonder Woman. Oh, which, that's right. Which it I'm not that. sure meets your criteria of being worth going to see. <laughs> it, it, no, 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 no. I, 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 that's why I, I skipped over that in my it, brain. It did, and in my it did no, I did garner us to go out. Like We're like, no, oh, okay, there's a movie to go no, see. No, you're right. It was a, a movie, a big spectacle film to go see in theaters, and it's probably the better place to see that movie, because at home I doubt that it would, yeah. it would have garnered that much. You probably would have turned it off. No. Because no. Wonder Woman, to its credit, has a fun score. Like I love the music of that movie. So to hear it like on the big speakers and everything is like just turn your eyes off, just listen to the, the score or be or listen to it at home. I yes. mean, I'm a big fan of movie scores, but you know it's bad when like the only compliment I can give a movie is like, well, it has a good score. Yes. It's like know. bless their heart, their personality is, you know, just special. Mm. They're such a nice person. <laughs> so yes, Raya comes out this week. I'm excited. Um, Disney I animation, init- right? Not not Pixar. Uh, yeah, it's Disney animation, right? Disney animation. This is their first one since um, since Frozen Two, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Um, the oh. initial drafts of this, they had actually, um. It was gonna like come out as almost like a PG thirteen level movie, like the level of, of fighting and violence and stuff. And then they they paired it back. So interesting. Um, yeah. And then uh, the other thing that did drop, did you see the you said you mentioned Pixar, and this made me think of it. Uh, Luca. Did you see the trailer for Luca? I've not seen the new trailer for Luca. This the is Italian the one. This is the full. Uh, I think it's Italian. Yeah. Or yeah. Italy. Um, yeah, you need to see it though. It's 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 interesting. It's it's Pixar. It's like, oh, you think it's this story, and then oop. Little did you know. Little did you know. So yeah, I'm not gonna spoil that so you can watch it because it's kind of like, huh? What? Well, cool. Well, enough about that. Let's give the people what they paid for, which is nothing. But we shall <laughs> still give them. A good, you get what you pay you get for. What you pay for. We will give them a rousing uh, adventure listening to us talk about one of the pinnacle movies of the Disney decade, which is 1990s. But the movie is The Lion King. Cue the Disney sound effect. What? That's my rendition of it. Is that Buddy's favorite part of the whole podcast? Yes. No, he's an avid listener. and he. I know. I saw the picture. Okay, IMDb. Let's hope that you do a much better job than you did on D2. Oh, yes. That was awful. Okay, IMDb description. Can you do this in your best? You got to either go Mm. Mufasa or Scar. Mufasa. Lion Prince Simba and his father, me, are targeted by his bitter uncle who wants to ascend the throne. Ascend to the throne. That No, this is wrong. Who wants to ascend the throne himself. himself. <laughs> Not very good, but whatever. 
Uh, that's fine. It was much. It was much better than I would have. I would have done it. It's it, yeah, yeah. But the 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 text here, it's fine. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't like stir me up that much. You get, you get so. Get so you said pinnacle movie. Um, I said one of the pinnacle movies of the decade. Well, you know, it depends on on your metric. If you're using money as a metric, which Disney definitely does, um, this is. is this is the pinnacle. Um, this is the highest grossing um, traditional animation film of all time. And then even if you just like kind of include um, the C, you know, computer 3D, it's still within the top 10. And the, the remake, they now classify as the highest grossing animated film of all time because that pretty much was it was animated. It's not live action. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have to hold off on the remake. For no, a while, yeah, let, yeah. Let's, hold let's, on, hold let's on, keep as much positivity. Push flowing. it back. Push it back. We're just gonna push that, kind of like what I've done to my memory of it, <laughs> to the far back reaches of my mind. No, that Eddie. This, sh- I mean, we can't go much farther without talking about the cast for this. Is insane. So it's, help it, it's me. Completely help. insane. So help me with this. Um, when it comes to Disney animated films, you had Robin Williams in Aladdin, but I think this is the first time that they just went get everybody, just oh, get them all. Yes, there, there's, there's I, seven. There's I, one, two. There are ten people deep counting who wrote the music before you that, have to get to no name actors in this. It's insane. Well. While we're let, let's just begin with the most important, right? And that, of course, I I know you're a big fan of her, Maura Kelly, the voice of Nala, is one of your favorite actresses. She portrayed one of your favorite TV characters of all time. What? You you don't Maura Kelly. I, I don't know that we're on the same wavelength, Eddie. Oh, your favorite character from the West Wing, Mandy, in oh, season one? Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even, literally, I didn't even have her on the list <laughs> because she's not like a, 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 a big name player. Well, but this I, is our West Wing reference. Okay. Yes, yes. there's always a let's, West Wing reference. Let's get that reference. out of the way. That's let's why that I'm just way. getting it out of the way. I, I had never put that together. And the whole time I was watching it this time, I'm going, I know her voice. Why do I know that voice? Why does Nala seem annoying to me? And I, I finally, I'm like, it dawned on me. No way. No way. There is the West Wing reference. Of course, she plays Mandy Hampton from the first season of, of the West Wing, which is everybody's like least favorite character that Sorkin she, has ever written. He, he brings, he brings back a lot of characters throughout this. That one they did. No, she did just, dis, she nope. disappears. You never see she her. She disappears. Again. She's gone. No, Makes but let's, no let's sense. talk about the rest of the cast. Cause let's this talk is, about the, the rest of the class. Jeremy Irons as scar is breathtaking. I can I, listen to him talk all day. I wonder. Don't even say, don't even go opposite of this. No, I okay. wonder. I so let's just pause and talk Disney villains. I think he's my favorite Disney villain. 
as we were who's watching, up who's up out there on the anti Mount Rushmore? I mean, you've got Ursula. Ursula's a really good uh, Disney villain. Um, I'm a big 101 Dalmatians fan, so I, you know, Cruella. I like Cruella, which you know the uh, uh, live action with Emma Stone's coming out. That looks cool, but um, yeah, I'm you know Jafar. He he's not that great. Doesn't even have a villain song. You know, like doesn't just, have a villain song. Yeah, is your yeah, is your criteria. But but Scar, I mean Jeremy Irons, his voice acting in this is mm-hmm. phenomenal. But then even just the animation and the way that they animate and play with the character is so much fun. And 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 I would say, uh, "Be Prepared" is my favorite villain song. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I could say it's the best villain song because poor unfortunate souls pretty amazing yes but um this might be my yeah this is definitely my favorite villain song it's probably the villain song i would go back and listen to the most yes i would agree i don't have any anything enlightening to bring to the subject other than yes solid approval please (laughs) standing ovation the entire scene with him and the hyenas is just so good it's why I, seeing the live action one made it so bad. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 colors and the um all the different levels of things happening, the oh man, oh, it's just breathing. Oh, we're yeah, the art direction. We will we will get to art direction. We will we will save. So let's keep on going through. So But I, I do love Jeremy Irons' voice. We did a tour of West, Westminster Abbey in London. And you get these little audio headphones, and it's Jeremy Irons, and you just like for t- for two hours, it's him going telling you the history of like the Western world I'm through booking, who's I'm booking buried. my plane tickets right now it, to go. To go I mean, I was just like, oh, I could listen to his voice all day. So Jeremy Irons, Jeremy Irons, Jeremy Irons, yep. we love him. Scar best. Yep. There, no, I mean, we can't go much farther. We would going out Mufasa. Mufasa. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. James Earl Jones in some Darth Vader in here. So good. He's the only one that repeats in the in the live action. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. That he actually does the voice. Come back in. Come back into it. Um, That's a whole nother podcast in of itself. Just the two of their voices. Uh, This was a this is a surprising one. I didn't know this one. So Zazu. You know who yeah. does Zazu? It's Mister. It's Mister. Bean. Rowan Atkinson did not remember that at all. It's great. I, I love Rowan Atkinson. I think he is one of the funniest human beings of all time. Calm, and calm down. No, no, calm no, no, no. Down. Just if, simmer if you, down. If, if you need any proof, go to the opening of the London Olympics. Okay, they did use him for that, didn't they? They, the London Symphony Orchestra plays the theme to Chariots of Fire, right? One of the greatest, you know, British films. And they have Rowan Atkinson as the guy on the piano doing the da 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 And he takes that single action for six minutes and turns it into just comic gold and genius. So Rowan Atkinson, amazing. And even as I was re-listening, Zazu has so many fun little mm-hmm. play on words that they just 
lean into and, and enjoy so much that, oh, yes, so good. We will agree to disagree on on how funny it um, Mr. Bean is, but anyways, we will continue. You don't on. think he's funny? I don't. I don't like that type of humor. That's just like like the physical, like, like the the just complete idiot that can't tie his shoelaces without falling on his face. That's not that Mr. Bean. That's not I hate Mr. That. Bean. I cannot. But that's stand, not Mr. Bean. I cannot stand that kind of dumb humor. Have you do you, have you seen the clip that I just talked about? Um, pretty sure I have. I'm pretty sure we watched. You made no, like we sat down or we watched. There's no pretty sure. I am getting on YouTube right send now. Send it to me. Send it to me. We I'll watch it next episode. We I will either come back with my own thoughts or we'll come back with groveling on my hands. I apparently, it's that good. Love Rowan Atkinson. Okay, send okay. it to me. We'll talk about it. Anyways, moving on. We got Nathan Lane uh, as Timon. We got Whoopi Goldberg as Shen- Shenzi, Whoa. one of the hyenas. You're you're just rattling them off. Okay, I mean, okay. we got we got to keep going. This is this is we can't stay on this all day. We got Cheech as Bonsai, the hyena. Uh, we got John. The, all the music was done by Elton John. He was one of the one of the writers for the for the for the songs. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You you skipped know, over know, one of the hyenas. I'm, what, what's the other hyena? I guess I don't remember. Jim Jim Cummings. That's right, Jim Cummings. I forgot who to is who is the um um the voice of like Winnie the Pooh. Yes, he, he um yeah. I we could list forever, but he is like Disney legend. Does so many Darkwing Duck. Uh, he does uh Pete. You know, he does so many great characters yep. here. We also got Matthew Broderick as the older Simba. Forgot completely about Matthew Broderick being in here. But of course, we can't. But they don't have him sing. I looked this up. He's not. The, I mean, he's, he's not the he's singer. A, he's that, not the that, singer. Uh, the, they got some um, rock singer is what Wikipedia calls it. <laughs> some uh, rock Joseph singer. William, Joseph Williams. But gotcha. yeah, yeah. But sorry, I and interrupted. Then, but it's OK. The final actor that we have in here that I, I purposely saved for last was JTT <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Thomas heartthrob for the 90s. all the young ladies out there of the 90s all the millennials are just like they hear somebody's talking about JTT and they're 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 sensing it right now <laughs> I asked my wife about this if she was super excited uh, she said she loves her some JTT but she actually has more thoughts when it comes to Tom, the, the movie Tom and Huck, because yeah. in this movie, you can only hear him. You can't see him. <laughs> she would much rather see him. So that's why. But you th- know, this is fine. It's good to hear him a little bit. But oh, I see that you've you have found Mr. Bean and send it to me. OK, cool. Uh, so JTT rounds just up. Look at the, just look at the picture. Oh no. On the link. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Yep. That's exactly what I am envisioning is what's happening. So good. Uh no, I mean it's just it's insane. It's insane the cast on this film, this animated film where they're not even showing their faces at all. Just the sheer magnitude. And that I mean, it's gotta be one of the the not secret ingredients, but primary ingredients for why this film was so good. Because even if you think about all of the tones and the way they performed each of these, it was perfect. Like 
the youngness of Jonathan Toad Thomas, the kind of, we think of Matthew Broderick probably now as this older guy, but at the time he would have been a lot younger and had that kind of like young up and coming voice, the the iconic Nathan Lane in there, Whoopi, Cheech, like all of these, all of these voices were so clear cut, like, yes, this is the voice for this. Yeah, and, and and I think the reason why. So if you if you look at things like The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, you're seeing the American musical come to animation. Yes. When we get to The Lion King, you cannot go any further without making the comparison to Shakespeare. Like it is very Shakespearean in its overall tone, right? And in also fact, in the story itself, yeah. The, the story itself is Hamlet, yeah. more or less. You know, they try and say, well, it's kind of, no, it's Hamlet. Um, and so when you're when you're pulling a, um, a tone of story, like something like Hamlet, you need the gravitas in the actors. Yep. And, that's what, and that's what they go for. They get that, that higher level. And I think that's why it works. You had to have the voice, but it also works because the material yes. is kind of behind it as well. And as far as I remember, this film was kind of floundering in the pre-production, in the writing, in the storytelling, until someone made the connection. Oh, yes. this is Hamlet <clears throat> on the yes. on the on in 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 Africa, and that and completely it, changed the dynamic of it, and it just soared from then on. Yeah, as as I read and, and looked at it, a lot of this was it wasn't going to be there wasn't going to be any music. It was kind of going to be a um, a National Geographic Bambi style story. Um, the original title was The King of the Jungle. Um, and, and as best as I can put it together, it looks like when Rob Minkoff came on as one of the co-directors, that's when it, you know, it all began to shift but prior, like, there's a whole bunch of things out there on the internet where, like, the animators, they were doing The Lion King and Pocahontas at the same time. And all the animators were fighting to be on Pocahontas. They didn't want to wow. be on Lion King because they thought, this movie is going to be awful. There's no way I want to be a part of it. They thought Pocahontas was going to be the huge hit. And it ended up being the opposite. Um, wow. And I think... Another big part of it is so you get the story and the story is kind of well established, but then they get the music, right? And the yeah. music with Elton John, Tim Rice, and Hans Zimmer. That's incredible. Holy incredible. cow. Remind Holy me about cow. Tim Rice. Remind me about him. So Tim Rice comes out of Broadway. He was also the guy that they brought in to um, help. Um, Minkin finished the songs on Aladdin when Howard Shore passed away. Okay. Uh, gotcha. Not Howard Shore, um, Howard Ashman. Yeah. When Howard Ashman passed away. Um, so he had kind of done that. And it was Tim Rice that they brought in to write the lyrics. And Tim Rice was like, you know what we ought to do? We ought to bring in Elton John. And they're like, oh, no, that's crazy, everything. But now, you know, you see like he writes Circle of Life, you know. Can you feel the love tonight? It, and then he sings it in the uh, in the ending credits. Right, right. You know those kind of go down as some of the best songs, and you know they uh, one of the two. I can't remember which one won the Academy Award for best original song that wow. year. And um, I, Howard Shore. I Howard keep saying Howard Shore. I don't know why. Hans Zimmer um, 
I think he won for that score. I can't remember. But yeah. Um, it's incredible. No matter no matter what no, way you put it, that. it was incredible. No. Eddie, what were some of the one of your favorite uh, nostalgic moments from rewatching this again? So that's kind of where I get to the the art direction, right? There there is some unique, like the the vibrancy of color. Yes, is what really stirs that nostalgia. And I think there's two kind of key scenes. Um, of course, the opening scene, like that's just gives me chills just thinking about it. Oh, Not and the performance it, and, of it, but yeah. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful that like, man, this is just hand drawn and colored, you know, like this is phenomenal. Um, and then I think the second scene that's very nostalgic um, and a lot of it to do with the art direction is the um, I just can't wait to be king mm. with uh, just kind of the multicolored animals and how they're. They kind of go for that grand kind of, you know, dreamlike sequence of, I don't know, that those are probably the two most I could I could go more and more. And that's why I think the elephant graveyard becomes so intense Mm. because it's devoid of a lot of that when they're first going into it and they get um, stuck in there because it's like so um dark and dreary that it just like sucks that out of you now granted they they then took it and made it a whole nother thing with the greens and purples and stuff for scars song um but it's no that's such a that's such a good point like that you get um all the the colors would not be up yet the the playing of the colors um is just so so cool speaking of the uh scars song uh we can't miss out on all of the Nazi and Hitler iconography <laughs> as, <laughs> as the as they're like marching across and turning their turning their heads sideways just like well there's a there's a Hitler reference right there mm-hmm. some Nazi mm-hmm. Nazi stuff right there I had to take a little shot yeah you know any kind of di- dictator ish type of uh, of feel there <laughs> yeah exactly. but uh, did you was this a big movie in for you growing up, oh, yeah. did you guys we, watch we it wore that we wore this we wore this VHS out. Yeah. We wore it completely out. The box was smashed from all the times we just like pulling it out, playing it, pulling it out, playing, 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 playing. We we wore this thing out. This uh I also remember uh and I can't remember one of the early kind of it wasn't a Nintendo Game Boy, it was like the Sony Dreamcast version. It was just kind of a smaller and what was the name of that thing? I know what you're talking that was, about. Yeah, I had a, I had a blue one, and one of my favorite games to play on that was the Lion King game, and you played through all the levels were each of the songs to a certain degree, um, and that is that is one of the things that I I just so distinctly remember is it with that game playing through the the elephant graveyards you know and you're trying to avoid hopping on those little hot pot things or, mm-hmm. or hot geyser things sega genesis yes yes maybe i don't know that that's the I'm, handheld i'm pretty sure sh- i think it is oh i think i see something sega game gear Game Gear, game, game gear. gear that's exactly oh, it this is so many so many feelings right now watching this I 
spent hours on my Sega Game Gear uh playing the Lion King game. Like I I my two favorites was like the Lion King game and then I had a Sonic the Hedgehog game that was glorious. Was this the year that I forget was this the year that we met? No, we Seven. would have been friends before this. Okay. Can't remember we if met we were first grade or, or I couldn't remember if this was second grade when it came out or first grade when it came out. We were in second grade when this came out. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I, remember myself. I remember what grade we met. I just can't remember what, what grade this came out because I did not out. see this in theaters. We weren't. I I did not see this in theaters either. Oh. We still we still have not gotten to my first movie first in the theater. Theaters. There's so many fun one-liners in this film. A lot of them having to do with Z- with Zazu. It's Mr. Banana Beak to you. <laughs> Um, his little oh, there's so many fun. Oh, speaking of songs, there's so many fun little other songs. Like you've got the grand, big, big production songs, but you got the little ones that they're just like humming and hawing about. Um, the whole series of three songs that Zazu sings, where it's like nobody knows the trouble lives, and then he goes into it's a small world or small world. No, no, not that song. Anything but that song, and then he goes, I've got a lovely bunch of coconut. Like just that. Then you've got all the songs that Timon and Pumbaa sing with like Owemoe, Owemoe, Owemoe. In the jungle, yeah. the my. We better stop before we get copyrighted. Exactly. Uh, 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 Rafiki's song, Asanta Sana, Squash Banana. Um, <laughs> uh, and then the 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 decoy song, Are You Aching for Some Bacon? Like that whole, that whole uh, thing. <laughs> are you aching for some bacon? There's so many. It's there's so many. It's like. Too. Oi. Yep. There's so many fun secondary songs that like it's not we're not gonna have a full preparate, but it's just like they're humming it or they're singing it or it's just like in the moment. Uh I forgot about all of the little things that were in that. We are missing one of the most significant songs of the whole film, and that of course is Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. You're talking about one liners where it's like it's our motto. What's a motto? I don't know. What's the, the matter motto with you? you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that's that's kind of an iconic song of the movie as well. Like, you know, you've, yeah. It, and Akuna Matata is uh, kind of in one of those uh, upper stratospheres of like, I don't know, like Disney. I hate not mottos, but yeah, like just almost like merchandising lines. Like it's just like there's a Kuna Matata everything. And I know that there was actually a a legal battle where Disney tried to trademark the phrase Akuta Matata. And somebody sued them because they're like, you can't you can't trademark two words of a language. You know, like Yeah. Um, and I, I think that they lost and that it's no longer like they can't trademark that and have sole use over the phrase Akuna Matata. That sounds yeah. about, sounds about like a little bit Disney going a couple steps sure. too far. Too, yeah. A couple steps too far. <laughs> but anyways, back to, um, what we were talking about here. The, uh, <laughs> the, I've, I found a few, um, in some of the dialogue and stuff, a f- couple of uh, references 
to uh, Star Wars in here uh, that I hadn't seen before when she says, help us, Simba, you're our only hope. <laughs> when she comes back together, it's like, wait a minute. Do you think and that's intentional or I don't, just I don't know. It, 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 it may, it may, they might've been courting Disney a little bit early. Then they also come back a little bit later when they say the return of the king, which thinks of the return of the Jedi. So, or, or Lord the of the Rings, or Lord of the Rings. You, you never know which one I saw. Those are a couple random things that I remember seeing. Um, anyways. Um, I who who stands out as favorite characters? Zazu, of course. Um, and just anytime you're around Timon and Pumbaa, it's a good time. Yeah, I I would say those as well, and and I think that kind of speaks to, um, I, I think that is one of the things, honestly, that I enjoy a lot about Shakespeare. Um, is he always has fun, crazy side characters. Like a, a good Shakespeare play is all on who these side characters are. You know, do, sure, the main characters kind of drive the storyline, but what makes it fun and intriguing and kind of carries the story along more and more is that these little just in and out side characters, and I think they represent that so well. I would have some comments on that, but I almost never, ever, ever read Shakespeare. So that's uh, I. I was an usher for the Chicago Shakespeare Theater all through college, so I was able to yeah. see a ton. And it's gonna name drop it. right there. I got you. Love it. I I, I'm gonna. It's gonna name, name drop. It was a job. It's not it's my fault. You went to college in the middle of a cornfield, and I chose a city. I think both of those are purposeful, but <laughs> <laughs> you're the introvert. I'm the extrovert. Exactly. A uh, line yes. that my, my son really loved was cactus, Butt." yes, that was, that was uh, one of uh, my son's favorite lines. I, he's seen it before, but man, he just, he loved, he, he just loved watching this film and everything with Timon and Pumbaa. He, he, he was cackling at. I, so we're we're gonna get to what we've postponed, but I think the um, one of my favorite things that they do in this is during the um, um, Akuna Matata is you've got um, the the withholding of saying fart by Pumbaa and Timon saying no, not in front of the kids. Yep, like. That kind of imaginative kind of play, like I always thought that moment was so funny. Like not saying it is funnier than saying it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this, so let me tell you, the 2019 remake, whatever we want to call it, live action or whatever they want to say, it's just the remake. I saw it, okay, okay here it comes, all right, yeah, they're doing all of them, we're doing all of them. The moment I heard the new version of Akuta Matata, that they say fart, that they don't take that, they don't use it, the, the use the joke the way that it is in the, yeah. in the original. I was like, I'm done. No, I'm not going to see it. Did you and stop I, the movie right then and not? No, no, no. It? I didn't even start the movie. I had watched like the week before it came out. They released that song like on YouTube. Wow. As, like, a teaser. 
And so I, I just watched that like two and a half minutes and it was so deplorable to me <laughs> that I said, no, this, and I, it's been what, through almost three years, two and a half years, and I have not seen it and I will not see that. There's a soapbox under Eddie's seat right now and he is standing tall and proud on this. I am the biggest Disney fan of anyone out there, but like this whole remake thing, like I was just having this conversation with a friend. I There's only been one of them that I've actually really, really liked and a few where I'm like, okay, that, that was enjoyable. Most of them I'm like, no, just don't. Stay away from them. And The Lion King was one where I'm just like, I'm not even going to watch it. It took me years to, to see the Beauty and the Beast one. And I, I was just like, I regretted it the moment I, <laughs> I finished it. It's like, this is awful. This Because it made it made me dislike people like Emma Watson, where I'm like, I don't want to dislike her. Wanna, I love that's, her. That's that's a sad place. It's to not be. it's not it's not her fault that they put her in this awful movie. Uh, the I'll start with the bright sides of the remake. I enjoyed their casting of yes. John Oliver as sure. Zazu. Perfect. Sure. And also Timon and Pumbaa, Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner, who's been in Parks and Rec and a bunch of other things. I enjoyed their voice, like using them as voice. Like Timon and Pumbaa, I enjoyed most of what I saw on screen. Like en- enjoyed that. There is literally nothing else that i enjoyed about the remake uh the it was pretty spectacular what they were able to do with the graphics but that actually took us to i think they call it the uncanny valley where uh, it's where you see something that's not real and and it's made to look real but you know something's wrong when you're watching it it's more happens with humans but i would say with this film it was the eyes on these animals it's they had no life to them especially simba sitting with his dying father with mufasa he's supposed to be crying and he just looks like a random animal looking straight into nowhere past camera and it has no life no energy no nothing to just the animals themselves it, it, it it's it's actually worse than when you hear somebody narr- like a like a snoop dog narrating the uh <laughs> animal planet the 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 lizard trying to get away the, you can sense a little bit this was way worse than that and then because they went so heavy on realism of the 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 thing of, of the entire world you lost all of that color and life that we had talked about before um in the animated version it you just lost all of it because they tried so hard to be realistic and they basically i I think that opening scene was shot for shot the same as the opening of uh, the animated and it just it, it was bad it was i didn't care i didn't have any of the same care and love for the for the for the characters um other than just enjoying a few of the uh uh voice actor uh, choices. So why was it such a big hit? Because it was people going to re-see an animated film of Lion King? I don't know. I don't know why people people do bad things. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is the thing that I, I don't, I've, yeah, I just don't 
I don't understand. Like, I don't. I can't think. Aladdin was the only uh, remake that we went and saw in theater. And that was more because it was the only thing in the theater. And we just wanted to have, go to the movies. And that was one where we were like, okay, it's, it's good. Like, we, we really, it's probably like my, maybe my second favorite of all the remakes. Yeah. I think Cin- Cinderella is the best of all the remakes in my I opinion. I like the Jungle Book. See, I still haven't seen that one. That one, was, like, that one was good. That was the first John Favreau uh, remake. But I love the original. I just it was fun. It was the the Jungle Book. Uh, I think I think I had good good feelings about it. Partially because you also had a real kid in the middle of it to kind of true for, true so. true. Yeah, and and so so poor John Favreau. Yes, I I do, I do love him and his storytelling. But did he really? I don't know. There's does he have his fingerprints on this? I will say that this movie was instrumental for what they were able to do on Mandalorian. Yeah, and the you things hear he learned him, in this, he, you hear he him reference that a lot. Yeah. yeah, so I think I think it was positive in that regard, but not in the actual film. Itself. So what I'm what I'm hearing from you is that there is nothing to move me from my stance of I'm never going to watch the Lion King remake. I'm you will not going, regret that. You will not be on your deathbed regretting that decision. I wish I would have. No, because this. Is it? It is a, a transformational animation film. You know, this was one. You've got the Little Mermaid. Um, maybe Beauty and the Beast would be would be included there. Um, and then you've got the Lion King. You know, those were kind of the three main movies that really made remade Disney animation. Yes. And if nothing else, Lion King just dominated the box office. Destroyed. It was, I think we've already mentioned that when we did our recap of 1994 uh, a couple episodes ago, but yes, that it was the highest grossing, grossing film of the year. Yeah, not animated film, film. Film of the year. So Eddie, are we at a point now, is there <laughs> any other things that you would like to talk about about this film before we go into actually grading it? So I would say uh, this watching was Lewis's first time to watch this movie. Um, we had been kind of holding it back just because there's some darker, scarier moments. And yep. we may fast forward a few moments. But um, he was transfixed. Like, Did not and move. but had like this, this like huge smile on his face the whole time. I should have taken a picture of it because it was quite adorable where he just soaked it in. He loved it. Um, So yeah, you just, that was a really cool moment. Just kind of see him and not just enjoying the music, but then also those kind of sweeping animation moments that we were talking about um, him just, you know, enthralled with it. That's awesome. Okay. The moment we've been waiting for, how are we going to grade this film? Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'm going to give it five. Five gummy worms? Or five fruit uh, snacks? So I would not put it on my Mount Rushmore. Ooh, which interesting. We're going to have that episode. Um, what was missing? What was that last piece that you needed that it did not provide? 
I don't know. Like I re-listened to the music a lot. Um, but to like re-watch the movie, I don't know. I don't know if I'd put it there. This will okay. end up con- be controversial because I, I will put one on there that I know everyone will hate me for, but that's okay. I'm, I'm unique. Broken, that's what you're going to have. No, it. <laughs> I, we're making our, our Mount Rushmore of Disney decade animated films. The 90s. I've already put Beauty and the Beast and uh, Rescuers Down Under on there gonna get really difficult <laughs> it's gonna be really difficult okay i'm writing this down so that we can remember later i'm gonna say five five fruit snacks five fruit snacks and you know what that's exactly what i was thinking i was trying to figure out how i was going to have to convince you that was true but you beat me to it so i didn't have to what yeah. did you think i was gonna go for I thought you were going to put it on the Mount Rushmore, so I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. The there was one extra level. I don't know because like you still think of it, it's it's sad when his dad dies, but there's there's another level of um, maybe it's Bond or um, something in uh, lacking for me, and like I didn't cry, I didn't like tear up watching this again. I. I- Credit it to. I don't think it has story wise a rewatchability, you know, to the degree some other films are. It is, um, it's slightly predictable, you know, yeah. it's got kind of a, yep, this is going to happen, and then, then, then this, and this, and this, um, which is interesting because The Lion King was actually Disney Animation's like first, this uh, to what I've seen on the internet, which we know is an accurate source. <laughs> Um, Disney's first uh, original concept story. Like, it's not based off of another That's original right. story where, uh, you know, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, all of those are all based off of some source story. Lion King is a, their first original story. Gotcha. Yeah, there was something, just that extra little bit that a couple of the other films had going for it sure but, yeah which is why i'm giving it that um any any dad tips from i do love film? though how we belabored a little bit on we're giving it five you know five out of five like we're not giving highest. it the extra level there's there's the yeah the, we do the have this realm. six right yes you're in the mountaintop but you are not in but the we're not like deliberating over if it's a one or two no it is a five it, is a it five. does it deserves all of the accolades that it has gotten all of the praise and enjoyment of generations it is the lion king boom so dad tips the, thinking about the dun dun, dun. <laughs> the no not the dun dun, dun the um and that a great moment after the circle of life and the title no. comes on <sighs> boom and you and it goes black and you just see the Lion King. That is a great moment. It's a great just, moment. Just don't want to li- forget that one. Yes. Sorry. Let's not forget that. Are you okay if I ask for dad tips now? Yes, yes. I'm being a little uh sporadic, sorry. Oh, all all over the place. Uh so You're used to it. Oh, um, oh yes. So dad tips, I mean other than the fact of like don't die so you can see your son grow up. Um I would say probably uh have some social have some uh boundaries between 
your family and family members that are not great role models. Maybe have a that's, little bit more boundaries. That's what I was going to say. Like, if you know you have a crazy, maniacal brother, keep them away from your kids. Just come over for holidays or whatever, but don't don't let them hang out together. Probably not a no. great And don't great keep idea. them in the spare bedroom. Like, come on. Like, kick them out of the pride. Go make them, make them live somewhere Should have been else. gone a long time ago. Eddie, how would this film have been different if Mufasa had survived? I think you could have had like an epic, you know, Mufasa versus Scar thing mm-hmm. kind of going Yeah, we never got there. that fight because it was... Yeah, we never got the fight because he just tricked him and then was able to get him while he was weak and vulnerable. Which which is what he says at the very beginning, right? Mufasa is blessed with the brawn. He is the one with the brains and he mm-hmm. does out he does outsmart him. But yeah, I think you that that the still could have been interesting. You could have uh you could have had a little Mufasa scar. Maybe actually we were saved from it because I don't think it would have been much of a fight. It would have been <laughs> it would have been over pretty quickly. So getting a young and upcoming Simba versus Scar was at least that montage. We got a little bit of a montage in there of the of the fight in the in the flames and everything like that. And we love our good montages. We love our montages. Um, yes. So yeah, I would I would say that was it. Um, any unintended moral consequence of this story? Um, unintended moral consequences. I can't think of one. Can't think of one. The moral of the story is go. What is the moral of the Lion King? That that actually is that is good. It's not even unintended. It's like what is the what is the lesson that our children are picking up? Well, the yes. Well, I mean, it is a lesson in in, in um unguided ambition right so you've got i can't wait to be king you've got scar like there is the consuming power of of ambition which is again classic shakespearean theme mm-hmm. did i i sound very pretentious when every time i say classic shakespearean theme don't i only a little bit <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry it's okay it's okay. We love you anyways. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't mean to be. It's funny. It's funny. It, 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 it's endearing, Eddie. It's endearing. But you think uh, Macbeth, go back to Rose teaching us about Macbeth and the uh, ambitions the downfall, yeah. the fates. Yes. I mean, that's what I mean. It's good old classic Shakespearean themes here. Um. I mean, I guess it's got some good themes to it. It, it. He runs away from his from his problems, and then life comes back and tells him to come, right. become who you were who you were born to be. I guess if don't, you're not a king, you can stay in the woods with Timon and Pumbaa. If you're not the king, and you don't have to, you have come to assume or, or assume authority. But if you don't have any authority, go stay with Timon and Pumbaa. You're good yeah, to go. That's the unintended moral consequence of this film. No, you you do see the. Um, you know, don't run from your past. Face, face what you know. Those types of things. even face it if it's a lie. Mm. If you were tricked, you still gotta face it. Mm. Also, uh, don't uh, over 
overeat because that's what the hyenas did, and that's why uh, they made a bigger deal of it in the in the re, in the live action film or whatever you want to call it than the newer one where they kind of said, no, it's because the hyenas they overgraze, and then that's why the, all the they don't have enough places to uh, enough livestock to feed off of. So don't overgraze people. I thought you were referencing the um, uh, the line where Timon says, uh, I've eaten so much I'm stuffed. And uh, Pumbaa says, I ate like a pig. And you are. Pumbaa, you are, you are a pig. pig. Ah. <laughs> well, that's it. The Lion King from 1994. Man, that was that was great. That was great going back and seeing that. And you know what else is great? The fact that you listen to this podcast and we would we enjoy you. it so we much. We appreciate you. Yes, we'd appreciate it so much if you would go wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review, uh, rate this podcast. It helps us Five so stars. much. Five stars only. Don't worry about it. If it's one star, two star, we don't care. Uh, leave a review. Tell us what tell us what you really think about this. We don't know most of you, so we would love to hear from you. Uh, also, and- we... We've got a lot, lot more movies where the, we've, this is episode 25 and Eddie, we are nowhere near the end. This is, we are, there's we're so not many, even halfway through. Not even we're halfway not even through. halfway through. Yes. So hop on out to our website. We've got honeywemade.com slash movies where you can see all the movies that we are about to do and even review past episodes. We've got them linked out there for you. And next week's episode mm. was one of my favorites so as a good. kid. So good. Was it one of your favorites? Oh, we wore this one out too. It's a theme. Man, I'm so excited for next week. And it is? Angels in the Outfield. What a what a slight right-hand turn that we're going to take for this random film that brings so much joy. So much so, joy. So tune in next week for that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Listen. Listen.